Hello there. You're listening to Sasitap podcast by Sashwat and Oscar, where you speak with startup founders, venture capitalists, and some of the leading talents in the world. We listen to their personal journeys and share their stories that shape their worldview. This is our fifth episode of Sasitap, and the theme today is the art of social listening. And we have our brand twenty-four CEO, all the way from Poland, Mike Sadowski. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining us. Hey guys, good to be here. We love your story. We have been, I personally have been following your story for the last few years. Ah, oh, come on, you, you're probably saying this to every girl. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll tell you how the story will, uh, you know, started off. Uh, one of my friend is a university professor at Amsterdam Business School, and he teaches his students. And he uses Brand Twenty Four in in his classroom uh, for a social media monitoring tool exercise. but i know that uh, brand 24 is quite famous in quite a lot of uh, ecosystems as well so now uh, first of all uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us to start off would love to know a little bit about you it's all there on the internet but uh, hearing from you and your journey so far would be a great experience as well yeah thanks for having me again and yeah really happy about the amsterdam thing it's uh, always even after 10 years it's still pretty surreal to learn about your humble product used all over the world <laughs> pretty much it, it it was it was pretty hard to, ma- to imagine 10 years ago that a humble product from <laughs> from a couple of polish guys would go this far so essentially my name is mike i'm <laughs> i'm a seo and founder brand 24 i've been doing this for 10 years uh, brand 24 pretty much helps you to find brand mentions and turn them into insights so essentially a media marketing tool for social news blogs videos message boards podcasts you know you name it if it's public we will notify you about this and yeah this is a saas product with 3500 clients from 120 countries right now millions in dollars in revenue it's a publicly traded company we are publicly traded on stock on warsaw stock exchange so all our data is pretty much public all our results valuations etc it's 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 all public and yeah we i started this uh, 10 years ago i was uh, always pretty passionate about engaging people online specifically people talking about my you know products my my companies brand 24 is probably six company none of the previous five were <laughs> a success but i was always very you know psyched about learning what people like about you know my products what they dislike about my products i've used number of media marketing tools i hated them all they were expensive they were hard to try they had limited data and poor usability and by the time i was in love with basecamp with you know saas as a type of product you know what guys from 37 signals preach and yeah i you know together with a couple of friends i decided to create a media marketing tool with the software as a service business model that could pretty much bring media marketing to the masses and you know bring media marketing to the not only to fortune 500 companies but you know to fortune 5 million So yeah, this is how it started first locally in 2014 we've launched a global version and yeah, right now probably like 70% of our revenue comes from outside Poland so it's a truly global business. Awesome. I would love to know a little bit more about your worldview specific to the social media space. I mean, you are building a social media monitoring tool and it is global at this point in time. You're tracking this particular, you know, all all the chats happening in the social media. Uh, and privacy is a very important theme this year as well i mean why did you start specifically this particular product and why not something else i mean you have a bunch of experiences as well 
So would love to know your thoughts on the future of social media and your worldview around how this is currently shaping up. Right. It's a pretty interesting topic because uh, with all the privacy, the data is getting restricted. So tools like ours can collect pretty much 100 times less data than we used to 10 years ago um, because, an example, Facebook prohibited most of the data access over past years. But, but the good news is that there's always something to monitor you know, publicly. There's still enough data to support the value that our product brings. So, so, so we can still grow faster and faster. I think that privacy will become a much bigger and bigger issue. And we will see much more, you know, the media marketing will, will stop being this Wild West type of service. And it will become a pretty much very professional type of service that will focus on tracking brands rather than, than people. Because with all the privacy issues there will be only limited type of data that the brands will be able to access. It still be valuable enough for them to use a product like ours, but we, we can see with you know this new trend of people going from WhatsApp to Signal, and you know moving from Facebook to alternative social networks, which is pretty difficult. But yeah, uh, I feel like um, we'll see more and more privacy features. Right now, media monitoring tools can only access what people offer to access, what social media networks offer to access. For example, for Facebook, we can only access mentions where your company was tagged in a public post. We cannot access any even public posts where the brand was not tagged. It's becoming much more professionalized in a way, uh, much more dependable, which is a good thing. Obviously for brands, there's less data, which is a bad thing, but the dependability allows you to measure all the metrics related to media monitoring much more than you used to have before when it was more of a wild west. When we talk about Brand24 specifically, we just talked about it before our recording here, Mike. I checked out your, your LinkedIn feed and you posted a video on LinkedIn. It's actually from 2018. And in this video, you talk about the Q1 results. You talk about the achievements and the metrics of 2018. For you guys in the audience, check out Mike's LinkedIn feed. You will find this video Q1 results, but it has a little twist. So you will find it as enjoyable as I do. <laughs> yeah, a little twist. I, I, that's uh... <laughs> Yeah, let's call it like that. In this video, you told us uh, you managed to get a 50% growth in number of active clients from 2017 to 2018. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey of enabling such growth? Right. So I guess the big decision for us was launching a global version. This was difficult from the technical standpoint because we are a type of a product that's not that easy to, to transition from the local version to the global version because global version, you know, for brands... Like Apple, once you monitor it globally, it collects close to 1 million mentions a month, which is a vast number of data that we have to store and process in real time. So it's much more demanding in terms of the database structure, server costs, etc. So it took us a while to launch a global product. And I guess what's pretty interesting is that it was hard for us to believe in our own product at the early stage. Probably that's why we launched first poly version and then global version. You know, it's just like we've talked before starting the recording. It, it felt pretty surreal to imagine a humble product from Poland would be used in, you know, over 120 countries all over the world. And I can see that a lot in startups from Poland, from other countries, that it's 
sometimes really difficult to imagine that people from Kenya or South Korea or you name it would be using uh, your, uh, you know, a, a Polish tool. So, but but th this was a big decision for us. And uh, once we launched the global version, I remember our first client was a, a prom dress manufacturer from New York. We found on LinkedIn. Back then, we were mostly based on outbound sales. So we had to do a little cold mailing and cold calls. Right now, it's fully based on inbound marketing and maybe the, the transition between outbound and inbound is another reason why we are growing in a decent pace over past years. So yeah, the decision to go global, which was not an easy decision, was one of the reasons why we can keep a decent pace. And then, you know, converting from outbound sales to inbound sales, the major sources of our traffic right now is organic traffic which gets us around 30% of the signups. We get over 10,000 signups a month. So 30% is organic, which is essentially our content marketing. So our, our mostly our blog, where we try to create content that brings value and, and hopefully position well within Google. 30% is a combination of direct and referrals, partner program, you know, building a brand that would result in people just typing brand 24 into Google. The other 40% would be the ads, which is mostly remarketing. Most of our ads are not ads where we have a first connection with the uh, user. Most of our ads are just remarketing where we try to push people we've already made contact with towards the next stage of the funnel, essentially. So once we stop outbound sales and we focus on, on just you know building an inbound sales funnel, it started to click. We saw that with very low customer acquisition cost, you know, for a tool like ours, which is around $300 a month, we managed to establish a conversion that would result in customer lifetime value that would that is around $2,000. So the customer lifetime value to customer acquisition costs is, is pretty decent, is good enough to scale. And this is why we right now acquire pretty much around 200 to 250 new clients a month. Thank you very much. These are really great insights. So you have more than 10 years of experience just at Brand24, but you mentioned you have been building on more businesses. So what were the learnings you gathered in the former businesses that you can use now for Brand24? Wow, that's a, that's a really good question. I, um, the previous businesses were not really that successful. Uh, one of the key takeaways was to focus on software as a service, as a business model. My previous businesses were mostly based on ads or freemium. And obviously, you know, we can uh, see number of businesses that are working well with a freemium model like a Dropbox or many others. But for me, the experience was pretty poor. These businesses were unsuccessful. Not sure if the business model was the reason, but ever since we since I switched to software as a service model, I'm in love with it. It feels very stable. It grows like a snowball. And I can see other businesses going for the subscription-based model as well. We can see businesses from weird or i would say that non-it segments going for the business model we mentioned dollar shave club which is i guess a good example of a product that used to be sell in vastly different model which right now is being sold as a subscription we can see more and more businesses going for the subscription and i honestly can say that i rarely see any disadvantages of the subscription model versus all the other business models so one of the key takeaways from the previous experience before burn 24 is that the software as a service is really a very good business model, both in terms of stability and the pace of growth can be pretty much 
logarithmical and you can grow with the fast pace because it's a pretty much a snowball effect because, you know, acquiring a hundred new clients this month, I pretty much already sell my product for 20 months in advance because 20 months is our average lifetime for an average client. So essentially, if I get a hundred new subscriptions this month, I already have some sales for upcoming 20 months, which is a good thing. If you compare it to the models where you have to sell, you have to pretty much start from zero every month. You know, the pressure has to be immense. So th this is why I love the uh, software as a service model. Not sure if there are any other takeaways from the previous uh, businesses. Probably the, the video part that Oscar mentioned we used to have this Polish equivalent of YouTube. In 2006, we created the Polish equivalent of YouTube. It became popular pretty fast. We've sold it for a decent money in 2006 or seven. We've created this video service in a way for ourselves because we're always passionate about creating videos. One of the videos that uh, Oscar mentioned, it's only part of our video portfolio. We have a when we signed our first large customer at Brand24, which was IKEA, we recorded a video where for a day we pretty much lived in IKEA. We, we were shooting undercover video of us walking all over IKEA with just our pants on, you know, with the guitar or with the, you know, just living, just like you would be waking up and, and you know, recording people's reaction. And, the, you know, the, the, the slogan at the end was, uh, we welcome IKEA in our portfolio, feel like home. We already do feel like home in your shop <laughs> or something like that. So, and it went viral. It got us in front of many, many clients. So I guess that we've always believed in the video as a form of communication with people. So right now, one of our major driver of peer recommendations is our celebration video. So at some point, we decided to totally revamp our thank you page. So the page where we thank you for purchasing Brand24. So before it was pretty boring, just, you know, thank you for becoming Brand24 customer. Here's the invoice, yada, yada. But we thought that this is a perfect time to build strong relationship with clients. So we've recorded video where, which is created dynamically for a client, per client. So every client sees their own video with their own email within the video. We create them on the fly with some sophisticated technology. And the video shows one of our team members getting a notification about this new client, new subscription, and the company going crazy, like uh, celebrating the music, the, the lights, the tigers. So, you know, we've thrown hell of a party within our office and we've recorded it and we try to provide the experience that it is this particular customer's purchase that prompted the, <laughs> the party. And clients and the new clients often share this video and become pretty much ambassadors or promoters for our service. And this is one, only one of the applications of the video we use. We created our own memes. We created our own animated GIFs that we use within our communication on, you know, marketing automation tools, email. So yeah, one of the other takeaways from the previous businesses is that the video, it's, it's not for everyone. You have to have some sort of a, you have to like this <laughs> and you have to feel comfortable with doing crazy shit in front of the camera. But if you have a person like this within your uh, team, you can really leverage this to build a stronger connection with clients and, you know, to humanize your brand in front of the customers. I mean, earlier you mentioned about uh, 37 signals, right? Oh yeah. 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 I'm, I'm a big fan of the rework, getting real on the older portfolio. So I was just curious, are you reading something currently or would you like to recommend any of your favorite books to our listeners as well? One book I always recommend, 
And this is probably the book that I've read the most, not sure if this is, or the, the most number of times would be How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. This is uh, pretty much my Bible for uh, not only for business, but mostly for any types of relationships with people. It helped me vastly with to be a great husband, I hope, <laughs> or a good husband. Uh, it helped me a lot in being CEO and being a friend it gives you a very tangible hints and best practices for building relationships with people in general. This is the only book I read or I listen because I mostly listen to books right now every year, pretty much just to remind myself about the, the key things about, you know, how important it is to, to listen rather than talk, uh, which my past 30 minutes is probably not a good example. <laughs> But but yeah, how to influence and influence people by Dale Carnegie is the it should be the mandatory book for you know kids in, in high schools. I, I feel it's so good. Another book from this year would be Product Led Growth by Wes Bush. It's really 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 good book specifically for companies like ours. It can remind you what's important and that the product is most important. Uh, I feel like companies like ours specifically companies that are operating in the marketing space can get obsessed with marketing with the sales funnel with optimizations and it's it's okay but you know the product is still the biggest driver for any success you can have a mediocre product and have a some sort of a success with amazing marketing and sales but you know long term you have to have a great product to have a long term stable and, and dynamic growth and to be frank, I, I feel like we've forgot about this for past few years. We got too excited with the sales funnel. And even though we've introduced a lot of changes in, in the product, this was probably maybe not the second priority, but it feels like the, it should be product and then nothing for a long time and then maybe marketing sales, et, et cetera. So yeah, amazing book. I can honestly recommend this to, to everyone. And the third one would be A Power of Habits. Again, the book that can be used both in terms of your professional life and your private life. <laughs> and yeah, helped me a lot to change my life for good. Uh, so I can, I can definitely recommend it. Thank you so much, Mike, for your time and uh, awesome advices and insights. We'll also hashtag tag you and yours is a brand monitoring tool. So of course, it will pick it up as well. And uh, thanks a lot. Thank you so much. My pleasure.